Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they can actually climb up there. You gotta be kidding me! No, do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling with the road dog Adam Gillespie, Brandon Joseph, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Atlanta's SportsX. Good Thursday evening, live on the SportsX. 1230 and 106.3 FM. It is the finishing move live from Cobb County. It's the Bearded Wrestling fan with you once again here on the finishing move. And no, this is not a repeat of last week. I have not been abandoned again, at least to my knowledge, to be left to defend my six-man tag team titles all by myself yet again. I will be joined by at least one of my tag team partners here very soon. Big John Radcliffe down the hall right now, finishing some business. He will be joining us here momentarily, but a busy, another busy week in the wrestling business and not a shortage of things to talk about. We got a TLC card that was announced really late in the game, but WWE uh, prom- promoting the pay-per-view this Sunday night, TLC on the WWE Network and whatever pay-per-view providers still are out there and folks that actually use the pay-per-view system to buy these shows, I don't know how many are actually left, but that uh, card is really, I guess WWE has decided at this point, that's actually the report, reports we got, were that uh, the to them it doesn't really matter necessarily how early these cards get announced because they're not trying to get pay-per-view buys. They didn't announce their first match until last Thursday, or last Friday rather, uh, when uh, on SmackDown they announced uh, the Funhouse Wyatt versus uh, Miz match that uh, just got announced, as well as Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, the revival also getting in the action. But it is definitely a situation where they are not feeling the urge and the uh, the urgency, should I say, to hop in there and start announcing uh, these matches, you know, well in advance. Obviously, they, it hasn't been too long since Survivor Series, so it's been a quick turnaround. But normally, they're right on the gun announcing these matches and. They just kind of waited around to let the storylines develop, I guess, before they decided to start announcing. They announced some on Raw as well. But there's uh, a few matches that we expected to be announced for TLC that is yet to be added to the equation. But as I mentioned a moment ago, I am not alone this week. (laughs) It was last week. I am joined by one of my tag team partners, the man himself, Big John Ratcliffe. John, what's happening, buddy? Who are you talking to? I'm talking to the masses. Like. Uh, those who have downloaded the Atlanta SportsX app and all that good stuff, uh, yeah, and those them? listening on the airways, I have friends that are on, the, you know, listening to me right now, and I really appreciate them. I'm sure my wife's listening. I was about to say that's really the only person that's listening is Mrs. Colwell, huh? Well, it, it's entirely possible, but I do know that she she definitely listens. She especially listened last week. You missed it. Well, you were on off on assignment. She actually joined the show last week. Actually, no, I didn't miss it because no, I downloaded the Atlanta SportsX app oh, to my phone. Really? And was listening on my phone like you guys can do where you can have the SportsX and you can take the finishing move everywhere that you go. You can hear us anywhere that the WWE might go, anywhere that AEW might go, anywhere that ECW might go. Wait, don't go there. They're not here anymore. I was about to say, they're wait no a minute, with, what? They're no longer with us. Yeah, and, and I'm surprised Impact Wrestling has gone down that same road. But you and I have talked about that uh, a good bit. But as I was just uh, talking about, you know, WWE waited a long time to start announcing matches for TLC. Uh, last Friday was the first announced match that came about with a pay-per-view that was just over a week away at that time. I guess you'd call it a pay-per-view. It's more like a network event, but 
They started announcing some, and on SmackDown we got, we're not getting The Fiend Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. We're getting Funhouse Bray Wyatt against The Miz. This Look, I'm a big fan of The Fiend. I'm a big fan of Bray Wyatt. I, I understand the throwback to I.E. Uh, uh, Mick Foley and Cactus Jack and Dude Love and, and, and uh, Mankind. I respect it and I appreciate it. But then there's to some degree in going through it, it feels like that there's that something's still missing from it. And, and I feel like in putting, you know, Funhouse Bray Wyatt versus The Miz, I, I have no confidence in The in the Miz winning this match. I'll, I'll start there. I feel like this is a way to just try and – I know we got to build them up some more, some more so you start with someone like The Miz, but I think you could have done something a little bit more to work him up a little bit more. And, and I don't want to say the luster's gone off because he does still feel special and unique – but he doesn't. It doesn't feel the same with him anymore. Well, with the fiend. Well, yes. I mean, when you made him champion and you made him appear more than you know every few weeks, yeah, it's going to become less special. But to me, it's almost like by doing this, I'll give them credit with this. You're getting a different version of Bray Wyatt as opposed to the fiend. It's almost like the Finn Balor character. You know, the demon is special. Correct. And In you only see the demon reviews exactly events. I, I just don't feel like that with The Fiend anymore. And I for what you made mention of in terms of how slow that they are announcing matches on the pay-per-view, I think this is strategic. I think, honestly, AEW has kind of gotten to the powers that be of the WWE a little bit. And I think it's been become more and more of, let's be strategic about this. Let's see what they, let's not play all of our cards right away. Because ultimately, if you have the WWE Network, you have access to their pay-per-view. So they're being a little bit strategic and rolling everything out. And I think they'll, they'll be a breaking point, so to speak, that they'll unveil everything and then they'll roll forward from there. Well, I don't – they basically come out and it's basically come out and been reported that they don't see the need to promote these pay-per-view matches well ahead of time anymore because you're not trying to build the pay-per-view buys anymore because they are on the network and the majority of the people watching – their shows now, these big shows, are going to be on WWE Network, not the pay-per-view buys anymore, people getting through their uh, you know, uh, their TV providers. But I don't necessarily think that what they're doing with Raw and SmackDown and what they're promoting for these pay-per-views really has anything to do with what AEW is doing right now. Because if you look at where their ratings have been, you know, pretty much their debut week was impressive. It was about seven hundred. What was it? One point seven. One debut, AEW's debut. Week. Yeah, AEW. They they had a really strong rating. Uh, I think shocked some people that week, but it steadily <laughs> it went down pretty quick and it stayed in the same ballpark. And, and to me, until they start blowing away NXT in the ratings on a regular basis, I don't think they're going to be on the radar of you know WWE's main brass when they're looking at how they're doing their main roster. I think they've already been on the radar. I think they've shown that at the fact that NXT is now a brand. NXT is now a part of it. It's not just the developmental center anymore. It's now now one of the big brands. I think it is a portion of it and to a point of you you couldn't put Raw there. You couldn't put SmackDown there. Why? Because the agreements had already been there. I think initially AEW was not as large of a threat, and they didn't expect it to be, and it came out to be more of a threat than they expected. And now when they're looking around, and particularly, you got to believe, AEW, it would almost, I think the WWE, if they could have, it would have almost behooved them to do, to let the releases that they've done earlier this week uh, be secretive, because you got to believe AEW numbers are going to go up, because people are going to want to see 
who's going to show up? It's the same way that they what they got with NXT. When you had Finn Balor appear, when you've had different superstars who have come back from the main roster, Triple H coming out to say, if you don't have anything to do with this superstar and there's no big, no big plans for them on Raw or SmackDown, let's bring them down to uh, NXT. I'll use them down here. It, it kind of gave it a little bit of a allure, but at the same time, I think that's what AEW is kind of doing now of, ooh, could we, en- could we end up with uh, Sin Cara? Could we end up with Harper? Could we end up with the Revival? Not the Revival. Who was that? The Ascension. The Ascension, excuse me. Could we end up with one of these guys that are here? And I think that's the bump you're going to see. And that's where I think they are on the radar, that it is something that they have to think about. Because it would have just it, – it's the natural thing. And when you're hearing that in most of the dirt sheets that I'm reading, that you're going to see more cuts coming, what if Zack Ryder is cut? You mean to tell me no one's going to tune into AEW to see the popularity and the pop that he's going to bring to their show? Yeah, I think it's huge, and I think it's something the WWE has to think about. Well, I mean, look, I, I in in making this statement, I didn't mean to say that they're not on the radar at all. I think it's from a when when you're suggesting that they're going to sit there and nitpick, watch to see what AEW does AEW does before they announce their card. I think that's probably that's to say that they're a direct threat. And I don't know that they're a direct threat yet. That said, no, I mean they definitely. I don't know that Sin Cara or you know, the Ascension are going to make any waves whatsoever if they end up on AEW program. Luke Harper's a different story. I think he can really add a lot to really anywhere he goes, wherever he ends up. He's a fantastic wrestler, has a great, kind of great personality to him that's he's different. A he's, yeah, he's got a he very... developed a following. He did. And he did. And he's got, he just has a, an aura to him that uh, it, it's different. And I think that's going to help him no matter where he ends up. I think that's why when he asked for his release, it took him a while before they finally did it. They wanted him as far removed from really being. I mean, yes, he came back for that little short stint with Rowan recently, but that was really it. I mean, he was practically gone for the entire year. Sin Cara has been seen more recently, but he asked for his release. There's no value really in Sin Cara anymore. No, there's no the, value. The Ascension have been practically missing in action for like three years, and nobody noticed. But I think if you were to take those scenarios, and I'm going to say for the newer wrestler, the more casual wrestling fan, when they show I, less of the casual, I think more, more of the diehards are going to look to see, hey, what are they going to do with them? Because I wasn't, not myself, but there was, the Ascension had a following when they were in NXT. Sin Cara might go back to Lucha, Lucha Underground, or he could go to Lucha Underground or somewhere. You're right. If I, Lucha Underground still exists, I'm pretty sure it's... No, it's on Netflix. Well, it... It may exist in recorded form, but they're not releasing anything new. It's been probably a year since they've done that. Yeah, they do it. The last I heard was that they were deciding whether or not they could basically afford to do a fifth season. Well, because the thing is with Netflix, they have to do the entire season. Where before it was just kind of week to week. It's kind of like Impact Wrestling is now. It was week to week. (laughs) And it was like, hey, let's, you know, if we got enough to. I still love their, their pay per view that's coming up in January. The name of it, Hard to Kill, it pretty much describes the company. No, it's pretty easy because considering it used to be called TNA, it's been rather easy to kill them. Yeah, but yet they don't die. Well, they don't hey. die. They have yet to die. Hey, <laughs> I'm just saying. A lot of people thought that when Spike kicked them off the network, that was it for Impact. But no, uh, but I mean, I think guys like the Ascension. I think it's just to see what are they going to do with them because could can AEW make them into bigger stars? It's going to be something. So. I don't think so either, but you got to see. I think they were overrated in NXT. They, there was no tag team division really existing at the time. They were the only real tag team because by then the Wyatt family had been called up. 
and any any other form of a team really wasn't there. And by the time they got called to the main roster, that's when you started seeing guys like the Revival. That's when you started seeing American Alpha, and you started seeing DIY and all these other really solid teams. They didn't have any competition. They that's, needed to be rebranded. Honestly, when the first time I saw them, I was like, okay, so you're a low budget Legion of Doom. Well, and that's when, especially when they got called up to the main roster and they put them in. They put them in paint, put them in. They made them look like a ripoff new version of LOD, and they were pretty much doomed from day one. They weren't that in NXT. They were more basic than that. They didn't have the face paint. They looked, you know, just like a wrecking team. The only problem was I don't think that they were as good as people thought they were because they had a lot of squash matches. But I think that's just it with, with what NXT did was that there were individuals who got called up. And, okay, let's think back. And, granted, NXT didn't exist here. Look at the first time Paige when she beat AJ Lee for the uh, for her first championship. Paige's finishing move looked like it looked like it was a botch. You didn't realize it was a finishing move until she came out and actually had to explain it. And it's kind of like telling a joke. If I have to explain the joke to you, it can't be that funny. It was just watching that. It was like, oh, she tripped. Oh, she wins. Uh, Paige How? Turner is a very effective finishing move. Thank you very much. Yeah, but once again, you have to explain it to someone. AJ Lee took the bump kind of funny. The move was done funny. Because AJ Lee bumped funny. The move her- was funny. There was no there was no elevation to it. And it could be AJ Lee. One way or another, it looked like a The bat. submission hole Paige did was a lot more effective. And it came know. along after everyone well, she realized. She did that in NXT, too, but you didn't see it on the main roster right away. Because everyone realized that when she came out bad. that, yeah, it was bad. And I think that's, I say all that to say, I think that's what came about from the revival was the scenario of they needed some more developing to go into them. Versus, let's just bring them out, and hopefully they can do enough for themselves as we try to put back a tag team division. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they just to me they were exposed as soon as they got. Of course, we're talking about the Ascension exposed when they got brought up to the uh, main roster, and there was, I mean, there were tag teams enough on the main roster at that point for them to have. I mean, you had the Usos around. You had. I was thinking that was what 2015. So what you still had the Miz and Mizdow. I think were teaming up. You had. Uh, Primo and Epico, you had some teams around there. Was it Primo, Epico, or El Luchador? I, well, no, no, you're talking about, um, oh my goodness, uh, well, they were Diego and Fernando, the uh, Matadors. Yeah, the Cologne. Los Matadors. Cologne, the Cologne cousins. They became, yeah, which, speaking of that, Primo announced this week suspended for the wellness violation along with Bobby Roode. Yeah, exactly. That was my thoughts, exactly. And uh, apparently the report said that. Uh, he's all he's been doing is wrestling down in uh, Puerto Rico, basically as a favor to their father or his father, um, Carlos Colon, to wrestle down there. Whatever the main company is, I think it's WWC or something like that. But either way, so SmackDown, we get multiple. We get we get the Roman Reigns uh, Baron Corbin match announced for TLC. It's a TLC match, which if you notice, there's like mul- there's like three different TLC matches instead of there being like the ladder match, the chair match. The tables match. We got three different TLC matches instead, which is different. But I guess the Roman Reigns Baron Corbin thing's been going on for. I'm sorry, King Corbin. King Corbin. Yes. Uh, the revival also going up against the New Day again. Which, I mean, I, I saw a little bit of a report earlier that suggested they had changed direction potentially for that tag title match. I think Bobby Roode's suspension may have impacted that because I'm pretty sure they may have planned to have the uh, that team of Roode and Ziggler go up against New Day, but they. Shuffled there to the revival. I'm wondering if they knew about the suspension a oh, little yeah, bit before completely. the announcement. I think that's why Ziggler came out and helped King Corbin because it was just kind of we can't. Th- it, I think they knew if they threw Ziggler to the back again, yeah. who Ziggler who's been wanting wanting to be re- be released, right? That if we throw him to the back, then at this point in time he might not come back. So 
we got to find that some would, place to put, to put he him. He would be an impact if he shows up in AEW. I th- That'd be I, huge. From the reports I remember, he wanted out because he does stand-up comedy. Right. So he wanted to go and work on a stand-up comedy career. I, I don't think it was more so a, hey, he wants to leave and go someplace else. Now, granted, the beauty of AEW is it doesn't have as rigorous of a schedule no. as the WWE. Not even close. So he very well <laughs> could do that. They have, one, they have one show a week. They don't do. They don't tour. They don't have house shows yet. I mean, their only touring is doing these shows, so that would be a big deal for him to be able to. It's kind of like, speaking of, you know, back in 2011, John Morrison left the WWE for a similar reason. He wanted to go do some acting and wanted a lighter wrestling schedule. He wanted other wrestlers to stop hitting on his girlfriend. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, you know, you see how well that worked out considering they are no longer together and he's now married to Taya Valkyrie. But that said, he is now coming back to WWE after years of being away. He went and did the acting thing for a while. He wrestled in AAA. He wrestled in Lucha Underground as Johnny Mundo. Then he was in Impact as Johnny Impact. Now he's making his Johnny WWE. Johnny Raw. I mean, I guess he could be Johnny Nitro Johnny again. Johnny SmackDown. Johnny Raw. Johnny SmackDown. Or just John Morrison. I guess Johnny Nitro would mean Nitro's coming back. Huh? Is this a big return for you? No. I mean, he has was, it been gone too long? Not. He had been gone too long. He was athletic as all get out. I mean, I remember when he won Tough Enough. The thing was. His personality was about as dry as a board. And it's that was just the thing where the Miz carried that team in terms of personality. His athleticism is what helped that team out. For him, he's going to have to kind of be partnered with someone for a little bit un- unless his personality has drastically changed. And I-, I liken it to Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's personality hasn't changed. He's still kind of dry. He still kind of stumbles over words. I mean, the only thing I would say in WWE, if you're really, you know, if you're listening, uncreative, <laughs> uh, put them with Dolph Ziggler. That's a great idea. That's exactly what I was thinking. They both like to be the showman and the showmanship yes. of it they're, all. They're real life. Yeah, they're really close. They're really good friends. The that flamboyancy makes of it all. Yeah. Put them together. It's mm-hmm. almost like. You, it, I, I know, let Ziggler cut the promos. Yeah, let Ziggler cut the promos. You have Ziggler who can take a great bump. You have you have Morrison who's an amazing athlete. You can put those two together. It's like you get double. It's like you get Shawn Michaels all back again, just in the body of two people. Well, sure, you could definitely go that route. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm imagining that they're going to bring Rude back and probably keep that pairing going with Ziggler. To me, the guy that you could put him with, and I know we're kind of going back in time here, but what is the Miz really doing right now? The Miz uh, is Miz, floundering. Miz, Miz and Mrs. Yeah, and the Miz is getting a honestly, he's getting a big. I doubt it'll be in the main event. I'd be very surprised if Funhouse Wyatt and Miz are the main event. But he really doesn't deserve to be in the spot he's in right now. And to me, maybe going down that Miz and Morrison road again might not be a terrible idea. I mean, it could be just a you know. I know Miz has had every title that's been out there, so it could just be a fait accompli of hey, let's put them together for one more tag team title run and maybe this will help give some uh some validity to uh not some validity maybe add a little bit more of a luster to the tag team belts uh that's not a bad one either i i I thought of i've thought about that one i just think you know the character the way the miz is it it doesn't it doesn't warrant him to be in the background again no it warrants him to be in the forefront sure Uh, that's why miz now worked because Damian Sandow was was a stunt double, so it wore, right. it allowed Miz to be in the forefront. I think that would be the only flaw I would see with it is now you have to give the Miz an equal, and whether heel or face, 
the meal the Miz doesn't look like he has an equal. I you know that's the one thing though I think because of his promo ability and the fact that since they were a tag team before Miz has come, you know, exponentially further. Exponentially further as far as an in-ring wrestler since he was back then. I don't think, you know, obviously Morrison is much more athletic, but I think Miz would still be the star of that team and if anything it would get the Miz to me if they get back together it's a good idea to go ahead and switch the Miz. I know he hasn't been babyface that long, but to me, he's never been good as a babyface. And it might be a good time to turn him back to the heel side. You bring Morrison in as a heel. You have them be the same. The What was their uh, WWE Network show that they did? Um, oh, that's what, kind of what got him over as a tag team. And I'm, the Dirt Sheet or something like that? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, do those same kind of antics, make fun of other wrestlers, you know, stick their <laughs> foot down their, uh, you know, in their mouth a little bit when Roman Reigns comes out and spears him because they're making fun of him. You know, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. Speaking of heel turns, though, on Monday Night Raw, we finally got the turn we've been waiting on. Maybe a little, it took a longer, a little longer than it should have, but uh, Seth Rollins, officially on Raw, has joined the heel side. When they had the big reveal, he was working in cahoots with the Authors of Pain all along. Who didn't see this one coming? Yeah, it needed to happen because they're... AOP was going to flounder out there, and yeah. letting them cut promos, not your best idea. No, especially when I don't think either one of, well, maybe one of them speaks a little English, but you definitely needed somebody with them. But I, to me, they almost drug it out a little too long. It was like the minute that the, they teased the, the interaction with them the night after Survivor Series, it's like everybody knew what was about to happen. Why did you make us wait like two or three more weeks? And, I mean, yeah, the writing was on the wall for Seth Rollins as a babyface. You you undercut him the minute you booked him against The Fiend when he was gaining popularity, and then you completely killed him as a babyface when you booked the Hell in a Cell main event the way he did. So it was definitely worth spinning him around to the heel side. I just think by the time that he turned around in the back of that van on Monday, it was kind of like, ho-hum, not really special. Okay, we knew this was coming. And I think it was part of, I honestly think they would have drug it out further if reports are true that uh, Seth Rollins has a broken finger or something broken in his hand. So I think if they really, they would have drug it out even longer if they could have gotten away with it. But I think with Seth having a small injury at that point in time, it was kind of, okay, we might have to move this up faster because now at this point in time, we can't have Seth get in the ring. We can't have him get hurt anymore. So now we surround him with AOP and it's like, okay, here you go. Be the be the mic for them, which is perfect, uh, which is perfect for him, which is great. And this go round, I guess he can be more of the leader of it. I, I think it's a great mix. I think it's a great mashup to have this team together. Uh, I'd be intrigued to see what they do to see how far they carry this. Yeah, I mean, now you've got another trio of heels on Raw, and you still got the OC. Does that mean that down the road we're going to see an OC heel turn or babyface turn? And we're going to have an OC versus whatever this group becomes known as. Or is this kind of a short-term association to really cement Seth Rollins as a heel? Is this going to be a faction that goes into 2020 and past WrestleMania? And is this going to be a long-term storyline with them? I mean, I think it could be good. They're definitely the muscle that he needs. As I expect him, and I mentioned this last week, You know, when the heel turn happened, you know, is he going to, you know, Brock Lesnar's been announced. He's not going to wrestle again until Royal Rumble. He's going to defend the title then. Shocker. Does Seth Rollins, do you end up with a match with, say, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Brock Lesnar, triple threat, allowing Seth to steal the title from by beating Kevin Owens, setting up a heel Seth Rollins as your world champion? 
I don't foresee that happening because I think what they're going to look for is I think they're going to tr- uncreative is going to do their absolute best to try and hide the way the, that Seth Rollins will win it ultimately from from Brock. But I think the way it'll happen is going to be in a way that when it, it's not going to just be that flat out and out three on one beat down that's going to come about it. There's going to be some more stipulations that are going to have to be put in there. I mean, keep in mind, look, they want Brock to remain as much of the monster as they can keep him. And obviously we know against, you know, uh, AOP or whatever their name is now, you know, I, I love the memes that I saw where, uh, is it the authors of the shield? <laughs> The well, authors you, of destruction. Well, if you look back at the, you mentioned that you look back at the authors of pain back when they were in NXT, they wore the same gear basically as, as the, the shield. shield exactly. So they might as well be the new version of the shield. So are, are they the new, you know, shield two point uh, dogs of pain? Dogs what, was, of pain. What, what are their names going to be? <laughs> so uh, uh, I think they're going to try to keep that luster on Brock as much as they can because Brock, Brock's going to be around for a while. Let's just sure. face it. He's going to be the person that I think that's the plan going forward is Brock comes back, takes the belt, hides it for a little bit. Hopefully you miss it. Separation makes the heart grow fonder. Oh, it's back. Look, boy, I, re- I missed that belt. Yeah, but why do they keep doing that to Raw? Why does Raw always get the short stick with that? It doesn't matter which title it is. Raw keeps getting stuck with the champion that's gone for months. Well, because the red brings uh, Brock, the you know, anger in Brock Lesnar's eyes. In. <laughs> the blue did nothing for his eyes. Apparently, yeah, it did nothing for him, but... Evidently, it, it works well for a funhouse Bray Wyatt. I think they know, though, back in the back of their minds that they can't have Brock be the champion again going into WrestleMania. I think the fans that are going to be there in attendance, Brock definitely will be on the WrestleMania card and will have a big match. I just don't know if he necessarily needs to be in the title match again. I think you know it may be a time to go a different route with him, which is why I suggest to Seth that Seth would be the Hill champion going into WrestleMania. And there's lots of all you know possibilities. If you didn't want to have him and Brock at WrestleMania again, which please don't do that, there's some options. There's some fantasy hopes that maybe this whole WWE backstage thing leads to a big match at WrestleMania. But let's not hold our breath on that just yet. We'll see where they go with that. But again, uh, Becky Lynch uh, announced on Raw uh, to team with Charlotte this Sunday to challenge the Kabuki Warriors for the women's tag team titles. Why, oh why, is your Raw Women's Champion, A, not defending her title? It's been like three months since she's defended it. Why is she competing for the tag team titles? Because you have no trust in any any of the women on your main roster right now. Pretty much. I mean, I, that's just the bottom line to it, that you don't have enough trust in the uh, women that you have remaining on your roster. And at that point in time, you know what? I'm going to take the best two that I have. Because I heard reports that at one point in time, these belts were going to go away. But then it's just kind of like, okay, how do you make them go away quietly? Ultimately, do you take two of these women, have them disappear for months at a time, which now thins out your roster more? Because keep in mind, we haven't seen Ruby Riot for some time. We haven't seen Sarah Logan for some time. So obviously they're coming back from injuries. So where do you put them? What do we do with them? We're going to have to take the best two that we have. Hope it works out. Hope that we can make it a little bit longer. And we got to make them look stronger because, look, Remember, they made uh, Asuka, they made her look weak. They squashed her completely after she lost her title. And I get it, everyone said it was the right person, but I think they squashed her a little too much. No, I don't disagree with you on that, but I, mean, I think it's just very interesting. If you look at how they've they booked the women's division ever since the four horsewomen got called up, and it was the original, it was three of them, then they called up Bailey later on. But if you notice, the main focal point, 
with the exception of that run where Alexa Bliss kind of had the stranglehold on the Raw Women's title, it's really been some combination of Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha Banks. Correct. Now, Asuka's been in and out of it. And if you look, go back and look at last year's TLC pay-per-view card. The main event for the SmackDown Women's title was Char- or Becky Lynch defending the SmackDown Women's title against Charlotte and Asuka. What is your probably your likely main event of TLC this uh, this Sunday? A tag team title match for the women in the first ever women's tag team ladder or TLC match. It's Asuka and Kyrie Sane, but against Charlotte and Becky Lynch. It's basically the same match with Kyrie Sane thrown in there to spice it up a little bit. But not only that, I think ultimately WWE still has their hopes and dreams that they can get something that was teased a long time ago. Four horsewomen versus the MMA's four horsewomen. And they I think they're trying to find a way to bide their time as much as possible. And this might be the setup for it of where, all right, let's put Charlotte and Becky together. We already have Sasha and Bailey together. It's reports that Ronda Rousey should be back by WrestleMania or could be back by WrestleMania. If she's back by WrestleMania and goes on a limited schedule, then maybe they can work enough and move enough around of maybe we can pull this off. And we can get our four horsewomen together versus the you know MMA four horsemen, WWE four horsewomen, and get that match to go off without a hitch. And then we can just keep these tag belts in there. So we got to start forming this formation now. We can't have Sasha taking. I mean, we can't have uh, Bayley, uh, Becky taking on Charlotte. And then we got to try and flip that switch too quickly to do it. Now you can do it but we all know it's going to turn out a little bit wonky. Well, and you've already teased it. You, you, you make a valid point there. You've teased it with Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch and Bailey now. So you've got the kind of the seeds have already been sown there. Plus, you've got the memory of last WrestleMania with Ronda Rousey in the main event there with Charlotte and Becky. Sure, you could go that route. And I think it is interesting that I read for the first time in months, Ronda Rousey did an interview the other day where she was pretty much saying, yeah, I don't think the time's right because I haven't figured out how to balance my family life and my wrestling life until I can do both and do give them my heart and all that. I think I'm just going to have to stay home, which, you know, a lot of times when you see interviews like that, it's a red herring. It's a, a way to throw people off. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, how did the match end last year? Ronda Rousey came down and shoved Charlotte and Becky off of a ladder, allowing Oscar to, to climb up and win the title. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a repeat of that again this Sunday. No, I, I think that would be exactly something we could see is she's ready to come back. She's ready to do her time. Even that uh, I've been reading reports that there, she's highly touted to be in a, a women's Royal Rumble match that she would be the winner of that would put her immediately in contention for uh, one of the women's titles. So we, we know that the plans could ultimately be set up pretty quickly to get her back into the fold because once she's back into the fold, we, we saw, one of the things you don't want her to do is to fall back to a point in terms of skill-wise that we got to let her build up a little bit more. And we don't need, want her to build up by trying to make any of the women look too weak because, sure. well, we might need that woman next week. Right. No, absolutely. And, I mean, I, I could see it. If they're going to go the route of the four horsewomen battling at WrestleMania, I wouldn't be surprised if you you did a main event match again or something along this line. One of the top matches being like Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey with their respective four horsewomen in their corner, something like that. Instead of doing a big four on four match, I don't know that the other uh, MMA four horsewomen, uh, I forget their names, 
But uh, I don't know that they're necessarily ready to be on a WrestleMania card, but you could definitely go that route with it. Some other notes from WWE this week. Hall of Fame announced for Batista this week. I would say pretty well-deserved considering he's won all those titles and headlined multiple WrestleManias. But the other big one was the NWO finally getting announced for the WWE Hall of Fame. No surprises with three of the names that were to be inducted. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. But there's a fourth one in there that I wouldn't have seen coming, and that's Sean Waltman. Yeah, he doesn't deserve it. I don't. I, I completely agree with you. It's that completely caught me off completely out of left field. If you're trying to limit <laughs> the NWO induction here, then it needs to be Hogan, Hall, and Nash, the original three. Otherwise, there's a lot of other names that need to be included in there. Where's Eric Bischoff of all people? It's his creation. A. B, he was a major focal point of that. There were several other names that were part of the NWO that were bigger than Sean Waltman as six ever was. Where's Randy Savage's induction in there? Where's Big Show's induction in there? Where's you know, where's Vincent's induction? He took all the bumps for everybody. Keep in mind Ted DiBiase could be included in there. I mean, there's Sean, a lot. Sean Waltman's name in the NWO was six. Yes. Because he was the sixth member. Right. So there, there are essentially two more members. I don't remember what order they came in, but essentially there were two more members that were in there before him that I would say easily would would deserve to be in there. I mean, obviously, I know I don't know is Ted DiBiase currently in the Hall of Fame? He is. He is. Okay, so you would put Ted DiBiase in again? Why a not? Second go round. You, you do the same thing with Hogan Hall and Nash too. And my second question then becomes: Is Nash in there by himself? Yes. He so it was Hall. I know Hall did. Yeah, they put in Kevin Nash in 2015 as Kevin Nash. They put in Scott Hall as in, Razor Ramon. As Razor Ramon. Okay, because I couldn't remember for the life of me. But yeah, I, I think it's one of those scenarios of you put. I just don't feel like he belongs there. I don't think he's there. I, I guess if you want to put him in, I mean, it, it is ultimately that. Uh, it is ultimately uh, Triple H's way looking out for one of his boys. Yeah, good for him. But <laughs> I mean. You're right. There's so many other people that can go in there. Kurt Henning was a part of that. Rick yeah. Rude. Dusty sure. Rhodes was a part of the NWO. And everybody's trying to forget that one. I wonder what Horace Hogan's involvement is. Where's his induction? He's actually at home with Adam Gillespie right now because, you know, they're distant cousins. Oh, well, there you go. If you haven't seen the resemblance? That's true, yeah. I mean, if I didn't it, ask Gillespie if he actually wore an NWO t-shirt back in the day. Oh, I'm, he I'm, has one on right now. I'm sure he does. I have no bets on that Because one. he still thinks he's part of the NWO. Even another one that I have a question on, and I don't know how she unfortunately passed away. Miss Elizabeth should be inducted. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, if you are if you were to put Randy Savage in as a member of the NWO, then you would put her you in You can put her him. in as well. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know she how. Was, she was a big part of that. Uh, Randy Savage DDP rivalry that really was the biggest thing WCW had going in the summer of '97. Correct, because it was Randy Savage and uh, Miss Elizabeth and DDP and his then wife at the time, uh, Kimberly. Kimberly. Kimberly Page. You're right. Yep. So, so I'm wondering, and does Sting make it? Because he is an NWO member. Well, then now are you inducting the Hollywood or the Wolfpack? Or are you inducting He's, all of them? I mean, because look. if you're going to induct the Wolfpack, where's Lex Luger? Where's Conan, where's Disco Inferno's induction? And then at that point in time, does Great Muda make it? Because then there was NWO <laughs> yeah, Masahiro Chono. Yeah, Scott all, Norton. All the guys, Scott Norton, yeah. Uh, what, about, what about VK Wall Street? So the, the Big Bubba Rogers. I mean. <laughs> it goes, Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. Where's uh, he at? I mean, it, so it can go on and on. Did David and Flair on. get in? He, he was a member of 
One oh faction my. of it at one point in time. Oh, my goodness. Well, well, then, do you want to go to the newer version they did with Bret Hart and Jeff Jarrett? Do you, yeah. The look. Harris Brothers, do they get inducted, too? Pamela Paul shop. <laughs> Ron and Don well, Harris. Medasia, does she get in there, too? Oh, I mean, look, everybody has. Tylene Buck. Got to put yeah, her in, too. Sure, why not? Major Guns. Oh, goodness gracious. My goodness. All right, well, that's the Hall of Fame announcement we've got so far. The WWE will be announcing more as we get closer to WrestleMania. But we had another Wednesday Night War week again this week. Last night, AEW and NXT going head-to-head. We'll cover that coming up next. You're listening to The Finishing Move on 1230. The Sports X, 1230 and 106.7 or 103. On where? Where are we listening to this again? Why don't, why don't, you, why don't you step in and help me here? You're listening I to need the, the blind tag. <laughs> You're listening to the Atlanta Sports X on 1230 AM, 106.3 FM, live from Cobb County on the Sports X. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move, talking all things wrestling on the X. This is The Finishing Move, live on the Sports X, 1230, 106.3. I got it right this time. Look at you. Hey, and we're live from Cobb County. And SunTrust Park. And SunTrust Park. And uh, going to be home, the, the venue right across the street from uh, SunTrust Park. The Roxy actually going to be home to New Japan Pro Wrestling in February. Or is it? No, it is February. When uh, they will come and bring their American tour. They announced last year that they're doing a, uh, they they're, they have a new branch of their company that is going to strictly focus on U.S. touring and expansion in the U.S. And they're doing a tour this year of five different cities. Nashville's one of them, Miami's one of them, there's two other, and then Atlanta's on the list. I think they're the last stop, and it'll be at the Roxy. I wonder if they're going to let someone jump, because there's like a balcony in the Roxy. So I wonder if they're going to let someone jump from up there and and really go full on. It's not really New Japan style, but if New Jack shows up, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, look, you want to pop, you want to get the crowd into it. You know, you have someone come flying from the balcony and, and get a nice... Swanton on them. <laughs> I mean, you never know. They might go all out. I mean, you've got the uh, got the opportunity there to do something special. And speaking of all out in the company that did that pay-per-view, AEW, another night of Wednesday night war action with NXT last night. The ratings in literally an absolute tide last night. 778,000 viewers for both shows. AEW wins all the major categories, age categories, with the exceptional one. Would you like to take a guess on that, John? Uh, I would say the over 90. <laughs> You're close. I was very shocked to see NXT. Almost the, only, the only category they won was the 50-plus. So the company that's supposed to be promoting the future stars has a lot of fans that are older that apparently or maybe they're tuning in for maybe they were watching NCIS or... Maybe uh, that's the lead in. That may be very well what it is. Well, not the only cop shows. Not only that. How old is uh, AEW's champion? <laughs> that's a very good point. Forty nine. So, uh, so, yeah, yeah. That, that's the interesting part of that. I, I'm I'm just pointing out the overly obvious, <laughs> and it's not that I have an issue with Chris Jericho being champion. I really don't. Yeah, I get part of the reason why you're doing it. I get, and we've talked about it. Kudos to them for not making because it would have been too easy to make Cody the first champion. Or John Moxley, the first champion. But it's kind of time to drop it now. Because you just nailed it. The company that's supposed to be showing the new superstars, the young superstars, your old, probably the old second at least after JR, 
second or third oldest person in that company is the champion right now. And it shows because it's not like he has ring rust or anything of that nature, but you kind of can tell that the hairline's going back a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> he's and, looking a little fatter. Yeah. It's, yeah and yeah. I can say that I'm a fat guy. You know, he, he's a little uh, <laughs> a little bubbly around the midsection. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that the, the, the lion salt, it, it doesn't go as high as it used to. And, uh, you know, it's just some things that are missing there that, uh, yeah, maybe it might be time for the younger person now. Maybe so, and I'm with you. I agree, and I was completely on board with him being the champion. In fact, that's kind of who I thought should be the champion from the get-go because he's got the biggest name recognition of anybody on that roster. There's nobody you no can argue with. Asked, There's, you can't argue that. And he was the right guy to put it on initially. Now, because they don't have pay-per-views quite as often, the build is a little slower to each the shows, which they did announce the next pay-per-view. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, that's coming up in February. But you would think that maybe, you know, they're trying to put him up against some new guys. They did the match with Scorpio Sky a few weeks ago. That was pretty good. Now, next week, we're getting him in Jungle Boy, which that kind of come out of left field. But again, you're trying to give somebody the rub. But you're ultimately building to the John Moxley feud, the payoff there. I'm with you. I don't know. You know, you definitely want to go with a younger person. I don't know if Moxley's the guy. I think the, their feud right now is fine. But I think you. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jericho hold on to that belt into the better part of 2020 because I don't know that putting the belt on Moxley makes sense, sense at this point either. Well, and I think part of it, I think they overstepped themselves a little bit. And if everything is accurate, if I remember correctly, AEW where, you know, remember in AEW, wait a minute, that just clicked in my head. He took on Jungle Boy, or he's taking on Jungle he's Boy? He's taking on Jungle Boy next week. Jungle Boy hasn't won a match. That's why it's not for the title. Yeah, that's absurd. Anyway, <laughs> it's, but it's one At of least those, he's not facing Marco's stunt. I think it's one of those... Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's not get into that one. I think it's one of those things that when they came out, and if I remember correctly, I read an article that stated that the records will reset come the first of the year. Huh. I think that's part of it because I think they're realizing, you know what, this isn't as working out as well as we thought it would because for just that reason that if I want to give Christopher Daniels a title shot, I think Christopher Daniels is, well, let's pull it up. Christopher Daniels is three and three. Darby, Darby Allen, four, four, and one. So at this point in time, Cody Rhodes at five and two, who said he wouldn't battle for it again, well, he has one of the best records in the company. I mean, Kenny Omega eight and four. So it's kind of one of those things of, I think a plan that they had that in theory worked great. I think at some point in time it has to be relaxed a little bit. It happens to it needs to be opened up a little bit more, and I think you can see some more opportunities that could come about from it. But for right now, and particularly like we said. If we're looking for the younger superstar, I think there's some other opportunities out there that you could give to a younger superstar. And even if they don't win, it'll help propel their their uh, stardom to get them up a little bit higher. Well, I'll tell you who my pick to hold that belt in the future would be. Okay. And you talk about Chris Jericho being the great superstar that he is. He's one of the best heels ever and one of the best on the mic. But I don't think he's the best heel in the company. And I don't think he's the best on the mic in the company right now. After the promo I saw last night, I don't think you can argue that MJF may is definitely the best heel in the company without hands down, and he may be better on the mic right now than Jericho is. The only other person, I agree with that, on the mic, MJF, he would be the only other person. 
The only other person, though, in terms of the personality, the persona, that I think would be a better heel and is by far and away, and he sold me a while ago as a heel, Pentagon Jr. Hmm. I think the viciousness that he brings in the – i.e. Randy Orton – it's what he reminds me of, and I've I became a fan of Pentagon Junior back from Lucha Underground and watching, Pentagon Dark, right? Yes, that, yeah, and just watching the the viciousness that he delivered with moves and the move sets. And granted, he I don't think he speaks English. The subtitles and the the energy that he bought through. It's one of those things that I became a fan of his. I couldn't understand you know him and when uh, Ray Phoenix were. They were tagged as the Lucha Bros. It was kind of, okay, well, this is weird because Ray Phoenix, he was a face, and he's always been a face even when I started finding him in different companies. But then I was like, you know what? I like Pentagon Jr. He's someone that just the moves and even his look, everything about him to me, it's kind of one of the scarier heels that I've seen in a long time. Sure. No, he (laughs) it's very impressive. I I like both those guys, though. Ray Phoenix is a a fantastic singles wrestler, too. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I don't know that they're necessarily long for being – I don't know that they would necessarily split up as a tag team, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them both really focus on singles competition in AEW. But the question, too, is when is Kenny Omega going to get up into that conversation? Because, I mean, he's one of the most over guys in the company. I think he could honestly be the next guy after Moxley. Wouldn't surprise me. And maybe an Omega MJF feud down the line might be MJF's time. I think if that were to come about, Moxley, uh, Omega, excuse me, is ranked number two overall in the company. That's after uh, John Moxley, just before uh, Pac. Pac is another one as well. Oh, he's vicious. He's another one that he's I think. He's a nasty that I think, He's a nasty little man. He's not the best on the mic, but he, he gives doesn't it. doesn't have to be. He, he, you know what? You still believe him, though. He doesn't it's just have like to be. Cody. Cody might not be the best person ever to speak on a microphone, but you believe everything he's saying, and Pac's the same way. I think with Pac, the way he does that uh, stick and move type attacks. I think that's perfect, where you can minimize the amount of time that he's on the mic. I think with the hair pulled in his face, he looks like the lady from uh, that movie, The Ring, that comes, oh, out, of, yeah, comes yeah, out of the yeah. hole and comes after you. I think, he, I think he's perfect for that role, and I think he is one of those individuals that when he's someone that I, I, don't limit him to being just a cruiserweight, don't limit him to being a gimmick, limit right. he to being someone who could be a champion and day, and help carry that belt to the next stage. Yeah, he had no business being in the WWE Cruiserweight division. He should have been turned heel and unleashed on the mid-card scene in WWE and he could have been he could have been something special there. The Young Bucks win the match last night in the main event over Proud and Powerful. They are now the number one contenders for the tag team titles and are going to face uh, SoCal Uncensored next week on Dynamite. And Is see it- that's what's kind of interesting. The Young Bucks, once again, we expected the Young Bucks to be the first champions in AEW. They didn't do it. They gave it to SoCal. Good for them. But now now so quickly they're in the title hunt, and it is kind of, okay, it kind of almost seems like a fait accompli that the Young Bucks are going to win it because I think, and let's pull up their rankings here real quick, in the Young Bucks, they rank number two. Yep. So it is kind of interesting that it might be a fait accompli that they win it, but it's just kind of, once again, you got a few other teams out there, the Leecher Bros, the Best Friends, one of my favorites, Private Party, that you could put into it and shift this the last this time we saw Private Party, though? It's been a few weeks. It's been a while. I think, uh, uh, what's his name, Isaiah Cassidy? I think he got hurt. Ah, uh, well, that would explain it. Because keep in mind, they're not little guys. No. And they move like they are cruiserweights. Mm-hmm. So I think it is kind of a... 
portion of it that I think Isaiah Kennedy got hurt, but that's neither here nor there. That's very possible, but is it time for the Young Bucks to be the champs? I, I think the way you look at it, originally when the, when they crowned the champions, we both, I think, agreed that maybe it was going to be an obvious pick for them to win that tournament, so they shouldn't win it. But now you're kind of looking at the same thing with Jericho. Should you put the tag titles on a team that, I mean, the majority of your, obviously your casual fan base probably still doesn't know who the Young Bucks are, but if you ventured into Hot Topic over the last few years and found that the elites... Uh, t-shirts and stuff like that. Maybe there is a little bit of a casual audience out there to see, oh, yeah, these guys are the tag champs. I know, I at least know their T-shirt. I, I'm, I don't know if that's the thinking here or it's just that they have more name value just overall within the smart wrestling community that they think that that's going to make a difference to make them champs here. Or are they just looking for a big match here to put on this December 18th Dynamite? Because for whatever reason, apparently, both companies think that this is the biggest night ever in this Wednesday Night War because they're both promoting huge cards. NXT's got Adam Cole and Finn Balor. you got Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler. Both of those are title matches. Now you've got a tag title match on AEW plus Jericho and Jungle Boy. So I don't know why December 18th is so special, but we got pretty loaded cards next week. Yeah, I think at this point in time, like you said earlier, that the battle lines haven't been drawn. I think they have. And I think at this point in time... AEW came out swinging, and WWE felt like they had to respond. And now I think where you want to have this scenario of these are true brands, because one of the things that you're running into as well, let's not forget, where there was a report that came out, uh, Tomasa Ciampa, he said he doesn't want to be quote-unquote moved up to one of the other brands. He didn't even say called up. He said moved up to one of the other brands because he doesn't like the travel schedule anymore. So now he can stay at, at NXT put in the groundwork, I think that's the thing that WWE is going to need to play up if they want to want to be able to compete with this a little bit more is there is no more calling up. There's a third brand. I think you're going to have to almost rebrand NXT because NXT, what did it stand for? It's next. It's the next generation of wrestlers. This isn't the next generation of wrestlers anymore. This is a third brand where we can try to bring in more wrestlers because that was the thing. When you said NXT, no one no one expected, no one knew, believed that uh, AJ Styles was going to NXT. You were shocked when you saw Samoa Joe was at NXT because it was kind of like eh, Samoa, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. Drew McIntyre. Eh, these, these guys don't go to NXT. These yeah. guys, have they've paid their dues. You put them on the main roster immediately. Where now it's kind of the scenario of, okay, now you kind of have to rebrand this just to scope, just to scotch, because at this point in time, what you're running into is you've made it the little brother of the WWE and now you want the little brother to compete with the big bad bully down the street. And, yeah, I am calling AEW the big bad bully because why? Because they could do just that and make the big bad, make the little brother feel a little bit bad. And now we got to go pull gimmicks out just to keep it going. So I think the line in the sand has properly been drawn. And I think WWE has to think about that. No, I'm, I'm absolutely in agreement with you on that. I don't know about rebranding NXT. I think you can still make the statement that, you know, what NXT is, is the next generation of a certain type of wrestling. Not necessarily, the, you can spin it that way. It's not the guys that are going to be next up on the main roster. It's the guys, it's the type of wrestling that is the next to be ushered into the main roster. You know, it's a type of, they're an alternative just like AEW is. And I think using the NXT name is still fine. Although it might help if you established a, like a fourth brand, I guess, to be like the what NXT was. I mean, we've said it before, I think, all fair. Maybe Evolve 
is that, you know, See, in the future. I don't think you even need to make it a brand. Look how long OVW, FCW existed. And it was, you know, if you went down to Florida, if you went to Ohio, you could sure. get them on, on their local local channel. You didn't know they existed. I remember traveling over, to, traveling down to Orlando and, oh, great, I get to see, you know, these the dark matches, these, these in high school, in a high school gym, you can still have that. It doesn't need to be a big thing. It doesn't need to have a mass appeal to it. If you want, put it on your YouTube channel. No, you can do that. But you, I, you know they're, they're starving for content for the network, so they're going to put so it on, then They're going to put it on the WWE network. Put it on the network. It doesn't have Just to like be. Just like NXT UK, it, it'll work the same way. It doesn't have to be on a set time slot. Knock yourself out. It's there for, for the dedicated fan. He's going to go out there and find it. Sure. And we're going to talk more about some of the other companies that are promoting the up-and-coming stars, the ones that are going to be the future of the NXT or AEW or WWE, some of the uh, events out there that are going on this weekend, some bigger ones. We'll talk that. We'll plus have our, uh, our question of the night here as we wrap it up here on The Finishing Move. You're listening to The Finishing Move right here on the Sports X, 1230 and 106.3 FM, live from... Hey, he got it right. Yes. Cobb County! Right here on the Sports X. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move with the road dog, Adam Gillespie, Brandon Joseph, and Big John Radcliffe on the X. The finishing move live on the Sports Sex, 1230-1063, live where? from... Live what? where? What? You said live where? From Cobb County. What's, what channel? What station? 106.3. Oh, okay. Just want to make sure you got it right. Yeah, you want to make sure? I wrote it down this time. Yeah, look, I'm proud of you. Yeah, hey. You bungled it last time. Well, what? I didn't want to mess it up this Audio time. Audio fun bag, here you come. Well, yeah, you know. I always strive to be on there, so... Wait, close, have a way at it. You haven't made it till you made it to the audio fun bag. Yeah, well, that's very true. That's very true. So earlier this week, we read a a rundown of, uh, it came down the pike on the, uh, the pipe, should I say, on the uh, websites out there that WWE started applying for a a huge amount of X, like WWE, ECW, and WCW pay-per-view names. They try to trademark them all, obviously in response to the fact that one of the dynamite tapings coming up here soon is called Bash at the Beach. Cody Rhodes went and I know he trademarked that. I believe he trademarked uh, Bunkhouse Brawl and a few other of his. As he even tweeted out trying to get the dust, dust old, uh, uh, you know, Dusty Rhodes old du- creation. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, these names include uh, World War Three. Um, Hogwild, Hogwild, uh, Spring Stampede, Uncensored, Sin, Greed, sold out all the old school WCW pay per view names. I didn't see Super Brawl in there though. I think Cody might have snatched that one up. If Why I'm not did it mistaken. seem like the old uh, WCW and the, the name seemed like it covered like some of the deadly sins? I mean, it kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> well, first it says greed. you're in sin, and then it tells you you're greed. Greed, sin. I mean, well, and what then was it all next? leads to World War Three. You know, anarchy and, rules. That was ECW. But then we Still. had we had mayhem. Yeah, I mean, we did have mayhem. Why didn't you? Just and throw backstage out- assault. Oh wait, no, that was a video game. Why didn't you just throw one out there? Gluttony. That's where you try to win all the titles in <laughs> uh, one adultery. One well, no, that's, that's Lana and Rusev, and that's a whole different bad promo altogether. <laughs> That is very true. If you so, don't win this, you go to a heat wave. Where would that heat wave be? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> so that brings us to our final question of the night here. Oh, boy. 
your favorite old school WCW pay per view? Uh I'm gonna go with Bash at the Beach. Ooh, that was always a you're, classic. You're saying that because Dynamite's gonna be. Well, no, not only that. One of my favorite wrestlers is Sting, right? And that's when that Bash at the Beach was always uh, signified you were going to see Surfer Sting. That was when he had the blo- uh, the bleach blonde hair. He wore the colorful face paint. He had the colorful tights. I was a big fan of that. So, ba- so Bash at the Beach became one of my favorites. That was a good one. Plus, where's where the NWO was born, right? It was Hogan indeed. told the fans to stick it, so that's where it happened. To me, it was Halloween Havoc. I had a, I remember one. having a big party when I was like maybe thirteen. Birthday party was surrounded with Halloween Havoc. It was a fun event, spooky and all that. Go, I always remember Goldberg and DDP from '98. You had some really really classic moments. Some not-so-classic ones, if you remember Abdullah the Butcher getting electrocuted at one of their shows. One of my favorites from a Halloween Havoc, was uh, one, and it's one of my favorite matches, it was uh, Eddie Guerrero taking on Rey Mysterio. Mass versus uh, career? Or I think, title? I don't, no, Mass versus title. But uh, Rey Mysterio came out in a full, uh, i.e. the uh, Punisher or something like that. He had a full bodysuit on to keep his mask on, so that was one of my favorites, a classic. Yeah, that was a fun event. That one was a great event. All those Havoc events, I really loved them. But that's going to wrap it up here on the finishing move this week. We'll be back next week, as always. No, we won't. We won't? No. No, we're not? Isn't next week like a holiday? Or the week no, that's two weeks home? after that. No, we'll be holiday. back next week. No, we won't. Okay, well, you know what? Tune in next week to find out if we are back. We See if won't. we'll surprise you right here on the Sports X, 1230-1063, live from... Live from Cobb County!